Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club of games. And today we are. Today, we are going to talk about Borderlands 3. So, let's talk about the Borderlands franchise. Starting in 2009, Borderlands, looter-shooter, procedurally generated guns, bajillions of guns, it was a brand new thing. Well, actually, it wasn't a really brand new thing. We talked about this before, but it was the thing that popularized the looter-shooter genre. And for many people, it is the prototypical randomly generated looter-shooter. Three years later, 2012, is Borderlands 2. And then a couple of years after that is the pre-sequel. And then there's a long gap between the pre-sequel and Borderlands 3. So Borderlands 3, 2019. So we've both played Borderlands 1 and 2. And neither of us has played the pre-sequel or Tales from the Borderlands. In fact... We're both kind of casual Borderlands players. So, you know, we finished these main series games, but we haven't played all of the DLC. I mean, I played a bit of the DLC for all of them, but I haven't actually gone and played through all of the DLC for all of them. I haven't gone and hit level cap. I haven't gone and done loads and loads of grinding to get truly amazing guns. I've just, like, played through the main story and played a bit more while I was having fun, and then eventually moved on to something else. Same for me. So, yeah, we're probably going to miss out all sorts of detailed lore about Borderlands, you know, like, particularly Tales from the Borderlands. I think there's loads of storyline that happens in there that we have zero idea about. So, if you're a proper hardcore Borderlands fan, sorry you might find this episode really annoying. Or we could find a reason to play Tales of the Borderlands and come back and revisit all of this in another part. I mean, you're welcome to pick it as a book club game. I've heard it's really good. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really good. Okay. I actually only discovered when I was doing some background research for these show notes that loads of characters in Borderlands 3 are actually from Tales of the Borderlands. And I totally didn't realize. I was like, who's this chump? And why are you acting like I should know them? It's like, oh, because they're in Tales of the Borderlands. Whoops. Though apparently Tales from the Borderlands ends on a massive cliffhanger, which is totally unresolved in Borderlands 3. Like two of the characters kind of disappear somewhere. And then 
they're in this game, but they just make no mention of what happened to themselves at the end of Tales. So that's strange. But I didn't notice until doing background research because I hadn't played the game. So it's been five years since the pre-sequel, seven years since Borderlands 2. That's a lot of progress, right? Yeah, that's a long time in computer development land. Like, how many graphics card generations is that? Right, like, we've come a long way, actually. And, yeah, we were trying to convince other people to play Borderlands 3, right? Or at least I was trying to convince people to play Borderlands 3 instead of Anthem. I was like, forget Anthem. Anthem's dead. Come on, let's play Borderlands. And one of our friends... It was you. It was you who sabotaged <laughs> yeah, Anthem. Yeah, <laughs> it was me. Yeah, right. I went around to Bioware and was just... Yeah, I spiked all their coffee <laughs> with coconut oil. And they were really sleep deprived. And that's why they were unable to pull it together. No. You just woke for them and just threw grenades everywhere <laughs> yeah, in all the meetings. That's right. I went to the meeting. and I was like, you know what a really cool idea would be? Let's make just one helmet. We'll make one helmet and we'll color it five different colors. No one will notice. We'll save loads of money. I got a raise. I got a big bonus. Sorry, we're going, we're, we're going way off topic. <laughs> Sorry. So this friend was like, uh, allow Borderlands. Borderlands looks like a cartoon. I don't want to play Borderlands. Look, Borderlands 3 looks just like Borderlands 2. And I have to admit, initially, I was also thinking, yeah, you're right. They haven't really improved it much since the second one. But when you see it in motion, or particularly when you're playing it, you realize Borderlands 3 is like way more detailed than Borderlands 2. Like, it's like night and day. Like there's just so much more, there's just so much more intricate detail in everything in Borderlands 3. It is genuinely, genuinely overwhelming. Like the amount of just like particles and like dust clouds and like ragdolls and everything, like all this stuff's just like going on all the time. It's like constant sensory overload. You mentioned the first fight. Oh yeah. The first vault monster you have to fight in Borderlands 3 is just like such a total special effects overload. Like there's just like huge fireballs and sparkles and like shock waves. And like, I actually genuinely found it hard to concentrate on the fight or like look where I was shooting. Cause there was just so much stuff going on. And like every fight is like that. Actually every major boss fight just devolves into like total like laser fiesta. You just want to dance in all the sparkles. I just want to punch everything actually, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> so yeah, it actually looks really pretty. It, it has that very stylized look that scales down really well. Like, you know, all the way back to 2009 hardware, that art style works really well. But it turns out you can just throw, you know, a 2019 poly count at it and it still looks, it still looks really good, but it's just really detailed as well as looking really stylized you made another interesting comment which wasn't focused on the graphics ragdoll physics this really threw me because i'd actually been playing borderlands 2 just before borderlands 3 so i bought borderlands 2 when it came out and never actually finished it it just didn't really hook me but because they released that free 
you know, Command Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary DLC that kind of is the bridging DLC between two and three. I kind of felt like, oh, you know what? I should play and finish Borderlands 2. And so and so I played the second game. And yeah, I mean, and that time I played it as the Gunzerker class, which I basically just like ran up to everything and shot it in the face with dual shotguns. So so that was my playstyle. And so basically I had got very used to running up and shooting things in the face with shotguns. But I tried to do the same thing in Borderlands 3, and it actually doesn't work anywhere near as well, because in Borderlands 3, when you shoot something, they just, like, flip over like a ragdoll, and just, like, they're flopping about. And so, if you're trying to aim and shoot things with a shotgun, you're constantly having to, like, juggle all these ragdolls. It's actually much harder to play that way. And I think if I hadn't played Borderlands 2 just right before Borderlands 3, I probably would have retconned into my mind, oh yeah, that's just how Borderlands is, but... Because I'd literally played it like a week or two before, you know, I knew that in Borderlands 2, you can like shoot something in the face with a rocket launcher and it will just be glued to the floor and a big damage number will pop up. But in Borderlands 3, if you do that, they're going to go flying off into the distance and you're going to have to, well, you're going to have a much harder time hitting them with that second shot. So it's an interesting aesthetic thing that actually has quite a big impact on gameplay, surprisingly. Other things that have an impact on the gameplay, the skill trees, the action skills. Yeah, they've actually refined the formula quite a lot as well. Because Borderlands 2, I mean, I actually can't speak to the pre-sequel because I literally didn't play it. But Borderlands 2 was a lot like Borderlands 1. You had three skill trees and you had an action skill that kind of defined each character. But Borderlands 3, there isn't just one action skill the you know your action skill you might have more than one and you can choose which one you use or even if you do have one you can customize it in some way so i haven't played as all the characters but i mostly played as amara the siren and she has well to be honest i can only remember two of them but phase slam where you just like jump in the air and slam into the ground and do like an AOE, which is kind of like a damaging action skill. Or phase grasp, where like a giant hand like erupts on the ground and grabs an enemy and holds it in place, which is kind of more like crowd control. So there are two very different ways you can play Amara, for example. And then you have these wing skills as well, where when you go down a certain depth in a particular skill tree, you automatically unlock these like extra skills on the side and they can further customize your action skill so for example in the case of amara you can change the element that her action skill does like by default it's lightning but if you go down like her green skill tree it can become corrosive or you go down the red skill tree it can become fire and there are other additional effects you can unlock as well like you can charm enemies or you can cause a singularity and draw enemies into you as you know as you use your action skill for example you're looking very pensive well it's the same for zane so you can there's two action two action buttons oh really so you don't i don't i I can give up the grenade so i can have the drone and the clone and i lose a grenade wow so this is really different again yeah 
So I think they've actually added a lot of depth to the game, right? You, you have a lot more potential variety in the builds of your characters, right? Like, it's not just the skill trees, but also depending on the action skill, you can majorly shift the way your character works. Yep. And then, similarly, the guns also have alt-fire modes now. I mean, not every gun, but a lot of the guns, you can push a button and switch from... Well, sometimes it's simple, like, burst fire or semi-auto, but other times it will be an underbarrel grenade launcher or, like a tracker puck that causes like the smart bullets to home in on it or changing the element between say corrosive and electric so again it gives you many more options did any of this impress you the skill trees did i like the options i mean what would i want to say you found your character boring <laughs> and you wish you'd played someone else we we can get to that later if you want. Yeah, we can get to it later. I like skill trees. I like the options. It, it's good that it has respec. Okay, what I want to say, what I really want to say is that I'm actually quite disappointed I didn't play more characters. This is why I've been quite pensive because I don't, I can't, I don't have a full picture of all the characters. Yeah, it's hard for you to go and say, oh, the game is like really great because of this or the game is really rubbish because... You you feel like you have some misgivings about how fun it was to play, but that might have been due to your choice of character. Yeah, because I don't think Zane is like, oh, everyone play a Zane. It's the fun, it's the most fun character out there. Well, I really think your choice of character can massively impact how much fun you have in the game. Because, you know, in Borderlands 1, I played as Lilith, and I really enjoyed Lilith. Like, Lilith's playstyle really really suited the way I like to play. So actually I can't even remember what Lilith's playstyle is, you know? <laughs> the way anyway, the way I was playing Lilith, which was to run up with an elemental SMG and shoot things in the face. You might hear shoot things in the face a lot in the coming few minutes. Sorry. And then Borderlands 2, I chose to play as Maya, the siren, because I was like, oh I really like playing as the siren the first time round. I'm gonna play as the siren again. But Maya plays really differently to Lilith because her skill phase lock is about crowd control and not about just like extreme DPS at hazardous cost to your health. So, yeah, I just wasn't really feeling it. And I think that's why I kind of just like fizzled out and didn't finish Borderlands 2. And when I picked Borderlands 2 up again this time, just before playing the third game, I played as Salvador, the Gunzerker, and that was all about running up to things and shooting them in the face. And I had a way better time. I enjoyed it way more. So, yeah, maybe if you didn't really enjoy the way the game was panning out, you should have tried a different character. I mean, this is not very helpful to say now, like 30-something hours <laughs> later, sorry. Because we can mention, I played the game about 31 hours and I played around 35 hours. Although, paradoxically, I'm level 41. And I'm level 39. So I don't know what happened there. Although I guess I was always playing co-op with another person. I never actually played solo on my own. So maybe there's an XP bonus for playing with a friend? I don't know. 
and you played at level. I played some bits at the original level. So I would be level 38 and the content would be level 15. So did you go back and do all the side quests? That's what I was doing, yeah. Wow, you absolute madman. I, I just like, we just skipped loads of side quests. We, we did stuff at level, but we also just like, sometimes we're just like, uh, forget it, let's just do the main quest. But some of the side quests are where it's good. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Some of the side quests are really bad too. <laughs> I don't, did, you, did you do the side quest about testing the virtual game that has loads of microtransactions? No. That was awful. We, we actually played like half of that side quest and we're like, I can't handle this anymore. Let's just abandon this and do something else. This is like not fun at all. Anyway. There was some quality of life stuff. So ammo pickups were automatic. You didn't have to go e e e e e. Were they not automatic before? No, they were not. Oh, really? You know why I actually don't know this? Because in when you're playing as Salvador, you can just regen ammo by using your action skill. So I never picked up any ammo <laughs> in my entire in the entirety of my playthrough of Borderlands Two. I never picked up any ammo. Okay, interesting, interesting. And then the other major quality of life thing. I think we should mention is the the lost loot. There's like a garbage repository that will just like pick up some lost loot. So I think it's kind of like the postman in Destiny. If you leave like a rare or legendary or whatever, you know, high tier item on the ground because you just didn't notice it. When you get back to the ship, there's a certain number of like slots in this like lost loot post box. And well, you can just push the button and it will just like vomit out all this loot. But there's some loot you leave intentionally. Yeah, you're like, this gun is trash. Oh, now it ha- now, and then the postman delivers it back to you. <laughs> it's like, oh, I found this gun you left behind. Well, you, do you ever really leave guns behind? I mean, I'd leave a gun behind if I just didn't have inventory space for it. Yeah, like, that's the reason. In fact, there was quite a lot of inventory shuffling when my inventory was full and there was an expensive gun on the ground and be like, oh, I need to go through my inventory and throw away the, like, the cheapest gun. Actually, it was really annoying that you can't sort your inventory by value. There's just like such a... Why can you not sort by value? I don't understand. You can sort by rarity, but rarity doesn't necessarily correlate to value. And I just want to throw away the cheapest item so I can pick up this more expensive item. And the inventory was quite slow. Oh, man, the inventory was really slow. Like, you, you hover over an item and, like, the, the cost... You know, the numbers are just spinning because they have those like cute little effect where, you know, like they're physical dials and you're like, just show me how much it costs. I want to know if I can throw it away. (laughs) And finally, I I feel like this last one is kind of more like a placebo thing because like, well, actually, is the game bigger or is the game the same kind of size because they're like oh there's all these planets now the game is bigger and it's cool that you get these more varied environments but you know it's a game the fact that they're on different planets is just kind of like an organizational thing they could make the game just as big and have it all be set on the same planet but there are different planets now and you have a spaceship to fly around between the planets although actually once you've been to the planet once you can just fast travel there you don't really have to you know, take the ship back to that planet, which is nice, actually. It makes it 
way easier. Although it's breaking my immersion, but you know, I'll let it slide. <laughs> Shall we move on to the story? You really care about the story, right? Yeah, I really care about the story. I played Tales of Borderlands. I played the pre-sequel. I've, I've, I, I know exactly what's going on. I'm, I'm not sure sarcasm is really coming through, but... I'll just be literal. I don't give a shit about the story. Yeah, you really don't. I was surprised not, by quite no. how little you care about. But it's not just Borderlands story. It's this is a general thing. It's not that I particularly have a dislike for the Borderlands story. Yeah, you don't read fiction, do you? You like you don't read fiction books. You only read non-fiction. Yes. So I guess it's not surprising that you had no interest in the story. Nope. This raises all sorts of other questions, but I'm not even going to go into that now because. That will be a deep and terrible rabbit hole. Okay. Okay. Well, I also don't care that much about the Borderlands story. <laughs> but and yet I care enough to have an entire section about it. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't care that much, but I still think it's stupid and I feel I have to say something. Again, just to like talk about how much engagement I have with the Borderlands story. Like Borderlands 1, played it with a group of four friends. We literally binged it over one weekend. And we paid zero attention to the story. Like There was one guy, and he would just run into town, pick up all the side quests, skip, skip, skip. And then we're like, right, off to the next marker and shoot things. Like we, I could barely tell you what the story of Borderlands 1 was. And you were okay with that? I, I think I just liked shooting stuff so i didn't mind that much like the gameplay was engaging and new enough for me that i didn't really feel like i had to pay that much attention to the story borderlands 2 in this most recent playthrough i was playing it with you know a different friend and they really liked the jokes in borderlands and so they always wanted to listen to all of the dialogue and so as a result i actually did pick up much more story in borderlands 2 and then borderlands 3 i played through with the same guy so we listened to all the audio, I got all the story, for better or worse. So anyway, here is a quick rundown of bits of the story that I thought were interesting or surprising or terrible. Oh, and also, spoilers for Borderlands 3 now. Spoilers for the story of Borderlands 3. So there's a time skip between Borderlands 2 and 3. I think actually seven years, like basically like the real time that has elapsed between the two games is meant to have elapsed in universe as well. And as a result of this, Tiny Tina is now just Tina. You know, she's not a kid anymore. And I find this really strange and slightly disturbing. Like, I think 
quite a lot of people apparently didn't like Tiny Tina, which I don't get. I actually thought Tiny Tina was really funny when she was Tiny Tina. But now Tiny Tina is a grown-up. I actually find her just kind of creepy and strange. You, you have no opinion about this. I, I don't know why I keep looking at you to see if you're going to interject something. You like literally don't care. But, you know, it, it, isn't she just a bit like Harley now? Who? Harley Quinn. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think it just really brought to mind this Reddit thread I saw where you know, it's titled, What is normal to do as a kid, but creepy as an adult? And I guess <laughs> making like innuendo, double entendre filled comments and blowing things up is endearing as a kid, but just like kind of scary as an adult. I don't know. Yeah, being a foul mouthed kid is really cute. <laughs> yeah, but being a foul mouthed adult is just being foul mouthed and it's not so endearing. <laughs> yes. And then I was surprised when they killed off Maya. I didn't see that coming. I was just like, wait, you're killing off Maya? What? I, mean, I guess they have killed off... I was going to say a major character. There have only been three games. They killed off Roland in Borderlands 2. And I guess now they've killed off Maya in Borderlands 3. But I'm kind of surprised they killed off Maya. Tannis is a siren now. I guess it makes a lot of things earlier in the game contextually make more sense. But still, it's like everyone's a siren. Basically, you can't be cool unless you're a siren, it seems. They are special. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are cool, but Tannis <laughs> was cool already. She didn't need to be a siren. They just made her a siren just because. It, it, just, it just feels like lazy. There is a fixed number of sirens as well. It's not like... Not, so not everyone is a siren. Not everyone gets to be a siren, no. But it's just like, why does Tannis have angel's power i I don't know it's not really well explained where sirens get their power from or how but i don't know i just feel like it's almost like fan service it's like when people like oh wouldn't it be cool if you know or like in prequels like wouldn't it be cool if you got to see this character that fans also love and it's just like you've kind of like cheapened the story by making all these people like you know, all these coincidental things, like, they, oh, they had all these connections all along. And it's just like, so Tannis is also a siren and she also has Angel's power now, or she's inherited Angel's power. I don't know. It, it just seemed a bit lazy. But, you know, it's not like I'm writing a better story, so it's just my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I also feel like, I mean, obviously, actually, I'll say we never know. I'm I'm not aware of there being any you know, reveal about this, about whether Angel was retconned into being a siren. And, and again, as I've just admitted, I didn't really pay attention to the story of Borderlands 1. But at the end of Borderlands 1, I really thought they were implying that Angel was an AI because I remember distinctly the ending cutscene of Borderlands 1 shows like a big, you know, zoom out from the planet and then a satellite that basically has Angel written on the side of it. Or Angel in Leet speak, basically. So it's implied that Angel is on or is the satellite. And so I was like, oh, Angel's an AI. But actually, no, they're just saying Angel's physically on this satellite or uplinked to the satellite and she's a siren. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. 
it, it just feels like it was retconned for convenience so they could have a big siren storyline. Something that the friend I was playing with pointed out multiple times was, hey, in this cutscene that's happening right now, where are we? Because there are numerous times in the game where the Calypso twins show up and just beat up the other people in your party. Well, you know, in the Crimson Raiders. So, like, you know, they, they take out Lilith or they kill Maya or they kidnap Tannis. And where are you when those things happen? You know, do you just stand by and watch? Clearly. Yeah, I mean, there's one of them where it's like, okay, plausibly, we could still be in the vault. And when we pop out the vault, it's already happened. But there's definitely another one where we're literally just must be standing there and just watching this unfold. And we'd be like, hey, we've got 87 gajillion guns. Why aren't we shooting them? For drama, I guess. And then the final reveal of the Destroyer, I also thought was really lame (laughs) for a supposed you know like galaxy-wide threat that an entire civilization had to like you know annihilate themselves in order to seal inside this planet when it finally pops out you just kill it with guns it's not like you have to like fight it to a standstill until someone can reactivate the vault and seal it again you literally just shoot it until it's dead Seriously, those Iridians, they should have just shot it. They didn't have to, like, give up billions of their lives to seal it inside the planet. They should have just, they should have just shot it with bullets. I don't know if the fact you're able to kill this supposed, you know, galaxy-level threat is supposed to make you feel really powerful, but it just made me think that the Iridians were stupid. You just ruin it. You just ruin things for everyone. Uh, I'm sorry can't even enjoy the victory <laughs> you're right just make it <laughs> can't you enjoy anything no no that's my problem i literally can't enjoy anything anymore what's happened to me i, I thought we said we weren't going to do therapy in these podcast recordings anymore <laughs> okay and then my final story point and then i'll shut up yeah i wish <laughs> sorry i'll try now go on go on i like many people I really didn't think Ava was a likable character. She just like, she just shows up and she's supposed to be like this sassy teenager or something, but she's, she's just like an entitled teenager. She kind of gets Maya killed. And then at the end of the game, Lilith is like, all right, you're in charge now. It's like, why? Why are you putting this teenager in charge? That's like literally the worst idea. I mean... I can kind of see the logic to some extent because all of the other people in the Crimson Raiders are psychopaths to some level, right? Like Ellie's insane. You know, you see her like literally crush a guy inside a car in her intro in Borderlands 2. Tannis is again, literally insane. She has literally no morals. She's just like, if I can do it, I'm going to do it. Brick Mordecai not so tiny tina again all kind of crazy but still ava she's like a teenager you just met her there was actually quite a good write-up 
I found, again, on Reddit, as usual, while Googling this. And, and that's when I discovered, like, actually lots of people apparently don't like Ava. So, yeah, they're, they're kind of saying that Ava is kind of like Scrappy-Doo or, you know, like a creator's pet or something. So, I don't know. I mean, it might be that in future DLC, they'll flesh out her character more and then she will be a more likable character. But at the moment, she just seems to be this paper-thin caricature of a teenager and now for some reason she's in charge of the Crimson Raiders. Is Scrappy-Doo unlikable? Isn't Scrappy-Doo literally like the textbook unlikable character that they just introduced for like, I don't know, they introduced because they thought they should have like a child-friendly character or something. It makes perfect sense that he, he he is annoying. Fine. Just never heard anyone say it. Yeah, I genuinely thought it was very strange that they put Ava in charge. I mean, it's also possible it's all a misunderstanding because it all happens just in a few seconds at the end of the game. So maybe she's maybe she was just like figuratively saying, you know, like, hey, the keys are yours, but she's not really in charge. I don't know. I don't know how they'll play it. I guess we'll have to see in future DLC. But it's can be saved well i mean as i said before i shouldn't care too much about the story i'm more about the loot fiesta if this is the way they want to run their story you know they're entitled to so in the end i'd give the story what a six out of ten i actually like the calypsos as villains i think a lot of people didn't like the calypsos as villains i thought the calypsos were really actually quite good villains in what way they were just like ludicrous caricatures of live streamers I actually thought it was excellent. They're like, like, subscribe and obey. I don't know, maybe some people thought that was cheap. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was cheap, which is crazy. <laughs> Sorry, there you go. I, I guess it just goes to show you can't please everyone. You can't. So you had no particular opinion about Ava? Did I just didn't care enough? I, I mean, I'm slightly embarrassed to be part of like the masses who apparently didn't like her. I'm just like, oh, I wanted to have a controversial, edgy opinion, but it seems like I've just got the common opinion. Now I feel dirty. This is part of growing old, though. Everyone thinks they're you know, a unique individual when they're in their 20s. And then they discover they're not. Get off my lawn! Fine, fine. I don't know what a better story would have been anyway, so... What did you think about the humour? Because... Borderlands is meant to be a funny game. I think, you know, when you get to the third game in a series, you've got so much past to draw upon, and it's actually kind of dangerous. You can end up becoming, like, a caricature of yourself. Right? You can lean too heavily onto, like, oh, what's the Borderlands style for this? And then you end up just, you know, being a pastiche of of yourself. I mean, you see this in long-running series, and, and then you'll see them make a joke and you'd be like oh ha ha that was self-referential humor and it was like oh no wait you meant that seriously oh <laughs> i thought it was pretty funny i i i still enjoyed it i thought it was good good yeah i mean it it does have still the general borderlands zaniness and it didn't feel like they did too much or too little other than ava <laughs> sorry <laughs> don't put her in charge man <laughs> I think Claptrap still works. 
I'm not tiring of Claptrap. Which surprised me. Yeah. Claptrap is... Is Claptrap a Scrappy-Doo? But Claptrap's actually really funny. Yeah, Claptrap is funny. Yet he tries to be funny. Scrappy-Doo doesn't even try to be funny. So one last thing. Do you care enough about the story to play the DLC? I didn't buy the special edition, so I don't have the season pass, which means I would have to buy the DLC. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I care enough to actually buy it versus just coming back to this game, you know, three years down the line and getting it, you know, at a knockdown price. Buying the special edition that has all the DLC bundled or something. You know, I actually really meant to play the DLC for the previous games. Like, I actually really wanted to play Claptrap's New Robot Revolution from the first game. And I actually really wanted to play Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep from the second game. Like, there, there were definitely DLCs that I wanted to play because they looked really fun. But, yeah, I'm not sure what I'll do this time around. Let's talk about the main event. So how did we actually play the game? Yes. So I was actually intending to play as the siren again this time around. Like my default option seems to be just to pick the siren because they're cool. But we actually streamed Borderlands 3 for a little bit when we first started playing it. And someone actually came on the stream and was, like, chatting to me. And then when it came to the character select screen, I was saying, oh, I kind of want to have, like, this glass cannon run in and shoot things in the face build. And they suggested I should actually play as Moe's. So I actually started out playing as Moe's, the gunner. And that's why I actually know a little bit about what it's like to play as Moe's. I played as Moe's until level 9, I think. And... The Iron Bear mech was kind of fun. And I guess I tried a few of the different, you know, weapon options out. But, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling it. And so I actually went back and I actually did play as the Siren to see how much fun that would be. And I enjoyed it way more. And so I actually played by myself as the Siren back up to level 9. And then the next time I played with my friend... I just used the siren instead and carried on as that. And yeah, Amara from Borderlands 3 plays a lot like how I remember Lilith playing from Borderlands 1. So you have skills that buff your elemental damage and you can also massively buff your melee damage. And so 
I pretty much played as a melee build, so I took loads of skills that increased your damage when you were close to enemies. Basically, you know, I did up to like 50% more damage when I was at point-blank range to an enemy. And then I took skills that buffed my melee damage, and then I also had some skills that could self-res me if I died, because, you know, I was at quite a high risk of dying. And yeah, I really had fun. I would just ran in and like melted things by shooting them in the face with, you know, pistols or SMGs and then just like punched them till they were dead. And, and for regular enemies, I was basically just one shotting them. So I would just like run up and just like punch, 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 and like just take all of them out, just, you know, single hit. But it wasn't so good for bosses because I was like running up and like trying to like punch them in the ankle. This sounds so fun. I'm actually a little disappointed we didn't play much together. I mean, early on in the game, like at lower levels, it was actually quite a problem because I was really squishy. I was just like dying constantly. And then I was like, can I get a res? And they're like, again? I was like, yeah, sorry. (laughs) But by the time we got to like mid-20s onwards... I was much tankier because I was able to take skills that like increased my health or I had stuff that had like life leech on it or eventually I had that self-res skill. So literally, so long as I didn't die twice within two minutes, you know, I would go down and immediately get up again. So it was good fun. Was it a good solo character? Or did you not bother with solo at all? I I hardly played solo. I did actually play a little bit of solo on Mayhem mode. And I actually did have to change my equipment up a bit because I did actually like die like two or three times in really quick succession. I was like, oh, this really isn't working. So yeah, I had to change my equipment to be more survivable rather than, you know, I I was really glass cannon at one point. I, I literally had a really low capacity shield that had plus 180% melee damage if your shields were down. And then I was wearing an artifact that, when you melee things, did plus 80% like corrosive damage and had a chance to put like a sticky bomb on them. And then I was carrying a gun that didn't do that much damage, but it had like plus melee damage on it. And I was literally just like running and like trying to punch everything and like, great, my shields are down. I'm doing even more damage now. And then when I tried playing solo in mayhem mode i ran up and like punched one thing and took it out and then another thing took my shields down i punched a bigger thing and took it out i was like yeah i rock and then like i tried to punch another thing and they like shot me with one bullet and i went down and i got right back again i was like don't worry i'm back up punch and then they shot me again i was down i was like oh no i'm down quickly pull out a gun and try and shoot them and like my gun didn't do enough damage and then i was just i was just out and then i i resurrected and i was like right right back in there and i ran in but of course my self-res skill hadn't recharged, and so I just immediately died again. I was like, wow, that was $300,000 wasted. <laughs> yeah, so, so then I had to change to, you know, a more durable shield and an artifact that had lifesteal or melee. If only you lived life like how you play borderlands yeah, but i don't have a self-res in real life this is the problem <laughs> well you don't really have a self your self-res you can't rely on your self-res though well i don't <laughs> have a, a problem i don't have well. the new you service to rebuild me for money you know if i could just rebuild myself from anything for money then maybe i would be more reckless 
though I'm not Bill Gates. Can you imagine if billionaires really could rebuild themselves? Can you imagine? That'd be terrible. You'd have like Bill Gates being like, oh, the plane's over my house now and just stepping out. Who needs to land it? I'll just rebuild myself. <laughs> Actually, he'd probably just fast travel there. <laughs> Forget what I just said. <laughs> anyway. What was your experience? I played as Zane, the soldier. Because in the second one, he has a turret. And a turret has more of a presence. You know, having a turret was fun. But in Borderlands 3, you have a drone. And the drone is not fun because it has no presence. It sort of just floats around you and it shoots things. This is kind of the same problem I had when I picked the siren in Borderlands 2 and it was totally different from the siren in Borderlands 1. So you pick the soldier in Borderlands 3 and it's totally different from the soldier in Borderlands 2. Yeah, because if you place a turret, there's strategy, you know where the turret is, but now you've got a drone that sort of flies around the area. There's, there's not much feedback with the drone. I was really tempted to, to play as Flack, the Beastmaster, because he has a pet. I'm surprised you didn't want a pet. Are you, are you not one for pets? Actually, no, I'm not. Surprisingly, I don't really like pets in this kind of game. And also, the guy I was playing with really wanted to play as Flack. He was like, I'm playing as Flack. Don't choose Flack. And I was like, that's okay. I definitely don't want to play as Flack. <laughs> but Flack did seem to be quite fun. And Flack seemed to be very effective. Fortunately, after some time, you get a clone. And you can deploy both at the same time. So that made things more interesting again. And then I stuck with Zane. And while you played with your friend, you, know, you had the like you had one consistent co-op partner, right? Yes. I just played with strangers, and actually, there's a lot of people playing Borderlands Three. That was the okay way to do it. It's kind of funny that we never we played together once. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, it's weird because we both had it on PC. But we didn't really play together. It's actually kind of surprising. But I guess it's just we were never playing at the same time. No. Because I was generally playing on weekend afternoons. And I guess you were playing in the evening. Always. Yeah, so we just never happened to really overlap. So I made a few epic friends along the way. And I had one interesting encounter where... When you play games online and you meet strangers, there's not much interaction, right? I generally don't play with strangers, so I don't know. But you, you were playing with voice chat? You were literally just having random chats with these people? No, this, it's text chat. Come on. You know, we're still... Oh, it's text chat. Okay. We're still guys here. We can't really talk. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But he was still able to ask very pointed questions like location, age, whether I was married... You know, they're, they're, they're very pointed questions. Yeah, this does seem very personal. And like straight away he asked me, are you from Hong Kong? I'm like, oh. And I was quite thrown by that. I'm always wary of people knowing too much. <laughs> and then say, are you Hong Kong? I'm like, whoa, that's weird. And he said that, you know, he typed that out, which means are you a Hong Kong person, a person from Hong Kong? Yes. Then I gave my age. He gave me his. He said where he was from. Then he asked about 
whether I was married, with kids. <laughs> he went for it. He really went for it. But then, you know, straight away, it's like, do you know anyone who plays Borderlands? We need four people. If you know them, get them <laughs> invited now. And if not, you know, add me as friend, add me now so we can play next time. Wow. No, I know. I thought it was quite refreshing. I'm actually, I would never be the one who instigates that, but I'm really happy to say yes to that. Yeah, I think I think people do do this. I think it's actually me who's weird and insular and like, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about playing with randoms. But I think, yeah, people people do and they make friends this way and then they meet in real life and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, I, I, I'm bad at just playing with total randoms, but I've definitely met friends of friends online and then you know then as a result met up with them in real life and you know so i guess it happened april thinks it's just because we're british yeah maybe maybe she's right <laughs> there, there is definitely a kind of like british reservedness i i like sorry it's slightly off topic anecdote time here but because in hong kong you obviously meet people from all over it's actually quite it was a very international city and so as well as like local hong kong people there'll be people from the u.s from canada from australia from you know like all sorts of other places even if they look chinese you know they may not be local chinese they may be overseas chinese or whatever so anyway met up with these people went for dinner or whatever and then at the end they just all like hugged each other and i was like wait what and they they used to, they were really expecting me to hug them <laughs> and so i was just like okay here's a hug <laughs> and, then, and then later on they were like oh yeah i didn't realize for british people that's really weird and i was like yeah it's really weird <laughs> like the british thing to do would be just be like just like nod to them and be like mm, good meeting you bye but, no but now you know because London has become very continental. So there's a lot of like kissing as well. So it's, you have a choice, either you're a hugger or a kisser. And I'd rather go for the hug than the kiss. Because I don't want to be the awkward guy waving in the background. I'm the very reserved person who is just like, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a curt nod. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have met. <laughs> I acknowledge your existence. Now we may part. <laughs> That's right. Perhaps the next time we meet, I shall hold up my hand in greeting. <laughs> Hugging's okay. Hugging is okay. Well, I, I've just adapted to the social norms here, so now I'm just like wantonly hugging people. <laughs> we have not hugged yet. <laughs> Let's keep it that way. <laughs> see? Yeah. You see. I feel like that'll be a major milestone in our relationship when we hug. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're British too. Yeah, but I'm I'm open to new <laughs> to new things. All right, all right. Next time I'll hug you. We'll make it we'll make it <laughs> we'll build up to it. Okay. Back on topic. Where shall we where, where shall I pick it up? Do you want to talk about people raising through the content? Oh yes. So something you, you realise from playing with different people is you play with some people who just race through the content. Like they, they won't even wait for you in the car. They'll just literally speed off in the car and expect you to go on your own. And then you'll find some people who 
will spend most of their time in the inventory screen. And, you know, what's good et- etiquette? Do you trigger the next part of the mission or do you wait? Right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether... It, well, the etiquette's going to depend a lot on your group. So I guess you have to work something out. And, you know, you don't be the other guy where if you spend too much time in the inventory screen, you know you were that guy because you get kicked. What, <laughs> they kick you? Wow, it's harsh. Yeah, they kick you. Because they can't do anything. They can't travel anywhere if you're in the inventory. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is annoying. So I learned that very quickly. Hmm. But after all that, actually, I prefer it when people race through things. I don't want to be the one waiting. So it sounds like you were playing like my Borderlands one playthrough. Yeah. To the next waypoint. Okay. You have another complaint? Well, so to close out this section, two kind of complimentary stories <laughs> where we we each feel like Well, I'll just tell the stories and hopefully you can see the parallel. So I think that the COV guns are explained really badly. The first time I got one of these guns, you know, it says unlimited magazine, but eventually it will break. And I was like, oh, it will break. So I have to be careful how many shots I shoot with it or it could break. And then if it breaks, is it just junk? I was like, this gun seems quite cool. I need to be really careful when I shoot with it. And I was just like, oh, it's such a faff, like being so careful with this gun. I'm just not even going to use it. But actually, when the gun, you know, inverted commas, breaks, you actually just like spray a water pistol on it. And then after a couple of seconds, it's fine again. You can just shoot some more. So the gun doesn't really break. Like, why do they call this mechanic like breaking? Why didn't they call it overheating? Because the gun, you know, has like a shots to break and then a repair time. Why isn't it called shots to overheat and then a cooldown time? Like breaking implies some level of permanence. You just but. like <laughs> what? What? But what? There's, there's a happy ending. Well, I mean, the happy ending is just like one time I was like, "Well, this gun's trash anyway, so I'm just going to shoot it till it breaks." And then I discovered the breaking is just overheating, and I was like, "Oh." And then after that, the COV guns actually became my favorite kinds of gun. Because you actually find a COV pistol called like Extreme Hanging Chad or something. And it's like, it literally shoots forever. It has unlimited ammo and it does like fire damage and you can literally shoot it. Well, maybe not literally forever. I think it will eventually overheat, but after like a thousand-ish shots or something. So you can basically just like hold down the trigger. It's like a bullet hose. So... I used that gun for ages. And then even after that, a lot of my other favorite guns are actually these COV pistols because you just never have to reload them. And they're quite generous in the magazine. Like, well, they're quite generous in the shots to break category. You can still shoot, you know, dozens and dozens of shots. So once I realized that the breaking mechanic was actually an overheating mechanic, I really like those guns. Okay. And then the kind of corollary... Is it crawler? I'm using fancy words for no point. The other story. The gun gun. So there's this gun, the Iridian Fabricator. How much did you use this gun? I didn't use it. Why didn't you use it? Because it fabricates 10 guns for 10 Iridium. So you interpreted that as meaning... I get to create 10 guns. 
and that's it. Whereas, what it actually means is, every time you shoot it, it just hurls out like <laughs> ten guns, just like come spewing out the mouth of this gun, and like it takes ten iridium from your stack of like thousands of iridium. You can literally just like be like puking out guns everywhere, literally just like blah blah blah, blah like piles of guns, hundreds of guns, and they're all green, blue, or purple. But then why? Why shoot things to kill things? Why not just vomit the guns? Yeah, I, I, do, I do think it's actually kind of a bit of a problem because there was definitely one point where after we got this Iridian Fabricator, we, I think we did actually spend like half an hour just like <laughs> spewing out guns and then selling them. Like there was one session where, you know, like met up with this friend and then all we did was just fabricate guns. So, a strange mechanic. Seems to be the best way to make money as well, or just convert your iridium into, into cold hard cash. Just fabricate a load of guns and sell them. And the guns are actually always at your level too, as far as I can tell. So, they can be pretty good guns. Anyhow, I think it's funny that we both, <laughs> in separate instances, completely misinterpreted the game's description of some mechanic. But at least you figured it out. I never figured it out. Yeah, you were saving your precious 10 guns. Whereas it was really literally 10 guns every time. Because that's what they tell you to do is like, don't open the, the crate or the chest when you're low level. You know, save everything for when you're high level. Yeah, I, I can definitely see why you could interpret it that way and, and in fact your misunderstanding makes way more sense than my misunderstanding because like the cov guns literally do say you know, like time to repair which implies that they do repair whereas when you talk to typhon de leon when he uses the fabricator it literally shoots one gun at a time so the implication that you literally can spend 10 iridium to make 10 guns and that's it kind of makes sense so i i do see why you had that misunderstanding but it's just a funny misunderstanding you're so generous. let's talk about the end game and close but before that i was surprised that the ending credits it plays like girl on fire by alicia keys i was surprised in fact they licensed two like pop songs like you know this song for the credits and then later on i think it plays trouble by cage the elephant i was surprised that's all I have to say about that. That must have cost them some money, right? Actually, I do wonder whether this is going to become a problem later on in the game's life because, you know, like, I doubt they've licensed the music in perpetuity. 
does this mean at some point they're going to have to take the music out or pay more to maintain the licensing? I don't know. Or maybe they have licensed it in perpetuity. Who knows? So that's just a random observation. And then, yeah, you finish the game and it unlocks Mayhem mode and True Vault Hunter mode. So what are you doing? I started playing it all again in True Vault Hunter mode. Because one, actually, one of the problems with playing with strangers is sometimes you just pop up at the boss. Or you turn up and the boss is already killed. You know, or the, the boss is halfway done. So True Vault Hunter mode was a way for me to try and experience it again. And also I tried to do some side quests solo. But you didn't do those in Mayhem mode, so you were just like crazy overleveled. Yeah, because I, was, I wanted to experience the content rather than the grind. Mm. Okay, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that makes sense. So I've only played a tiny bit after finishing the game. I basically just played a few side missions in Mayhem mode. But I, you know, I've cranked Mayhem mode up to like Mayhem 2 or Mayhem 3. I was like really dialing up to 11 because I was like, there's more loot at higher Mayhem mode. You did this co-op, right? No, I actually just did this on my own because I think I think the guy I was playing with was just like, well, time to done with Borderlands now. I don't know if he enjoyed it that much. Wait, wait, you you soloed Mayhem mode? Yeah, <laughs> you're crazy. You just, I just yeah, you're right. I mean, they're stronger, so I have to punch them twice. <laughs> you're also stronger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> punch. Well. I mean, you know, I did have to change up my build for more survivability, but yeah, I was just punching stuff and then loot Fiesta. But I did sometimes think I should just shoot the gun gun some more. <laughs> it's way more efficient. You also did the Halloween event. Oh yeah, I did do the Halloween event. Basically like the entire time I played the game, the Halloween event has been running. So maybe I have a weirdly skewed impression of the game because like there's constantly ghosts popping up. But yeah, I and I, I did the Halloween like special event and killed Captain Horn and unlocked some of the, you know, Halloween cosmetics. It's kind of fun. It's quite nice when they actually, you know, do stuff like this, these seasonal events. Anyhow, your closing thoughts. So, Borderlands has been around for 10 years now. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it has. So what I wrote down here was, does the genre need a refresh? Given the gear, the guns, the combat is a loop. That interesting anymore? Is the gun candy enough? Do you not feel that they did enough to freshen up the formula? You know, like, they did change up the skill trees. They did try and change up the guns with the alt-fire modes. But actually, they're quite minor changes. And they also tried to make the gunplay more satisfying, right? Like, they added in all the ragdoll physics. They tried to make it more action and less RPG. But at the same time, you still have the issue where the enemies level with you, so you're not actually doing any more damage. You don't, you know, you don't feel like, oh, I am a beast now and I can take on a hundred of you. I mean, speak for yourself. I'm literally punching things in the face. <laughs> I, I'm literally like, you're so beneath me. I don't even need to use my gun. Punch. 
Maybe I'm maybe I'm doing it wrong. I think you definitely do get more powerful with better gear. You you definitely do find guns that fit your build or fit your archetype. You know, like in Borderlands One, I definitely found some incredible elemental guns and just melted things. And then there were moments in Borderlands Three where guns dropped, and for the next like five levels, I was just melting things. And then now I've built basically a punching build so the gun doesn't even matter anymore but you know and then i made a controversial comment that maybe it should be more like anthem yeah you madman what what <laughs> isn't everybody complaining about how anthem is broken like like literally like what in the first few weeks of anthem everyone was playing the content together they made a special effort to make sure everyone would start a mission together and you'd roll through it together. I guess it was because they had just had so many people playing it. And people would say in the chat, oh, this is really good. This is really fun. We're enjoying it. You know, they've done a really good job with it. Okay, now I can see where you're coming from. You're right. If you took kind of like the seamless open world co-op gameplay of like Anthem or Destiny, but had the gun variety and build variety of Borderlands, would that be a way more satisfying game? I think so. Yeah, because like Destiny, the guns are kind of boring and the builds are kind of boring, but the actual gunplay actually feels pretty good. And then the fact that you're just like roaming around the world and you see people and you like transiently group up and take out some big thing and then move on or whatever, or you can have your fire team and move together. Yeah, that actually works really well. And you get match made into a strike. Hmm, yeah. I really thought they would do this for Borderlands 3. Okay, so what you're saying is we need to pitch to a game studio, we're going to take the loot variety and skill trees of Borderlands 3, and we're going to take the drop-in, drop-out co-op of Destiny, and all we need is a billion dollars? Do you think that'll be enough? Should we ask for two? Activision's good for it, right? We should just crowdsource it. I mean, Star Citizen just got 250. (laughs) You're right. Let's crowdsource it. Let's get on Kickstarter. Yeah, and we should pay for guns. You know, if you get, if you pay this much, you'll get a thousand dollars for a gun. Yeah, you're right. We'll have a, we'll have the fabricator, but it runs on real money. <laughs> this is genius. Reserve legendary guns. Yeah, that's right. It's the Federal Reserve fabricator. You have to feed it gold. And then it'll spit out guns. So what do you think about all this? Okay. I actually think you've made a really excellent point there about Anthem. Like, I actually, I think that's an excellent, excellent point. I weirdly feel like Borderlands 3 is kind of like Diablo 3, where it's way prettier than the previous game. They've made some controversial story decisions that, you know, veterans of the series don't like. But at the end of the day, are we even here for the story anyway? We're here for the loot. And, you know, in the end, Diablo 3, you know, with their DLC, added those Nephilim rifts and stuff. Basically, they just kind of dropped the story and made it just pure grinding loot fiesta like literally 
forget the story. You're going to open this rift. There's going to be some random generated stuff and you have to explode it and loot will fall out. And I guess, yeah, that's what's really fun about this game. And maybe your point about, hey, they should just do the drop-in, drop-out co-op of, you know, an Anthem or a Destiny or like the matchmaking of strikes. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that's the way forward. Are they kind of experimenting with that? I saw they've added this like, you know, assault on the Malawan black site, which is like super high tier content. There's no respawns and literally going with a group. I think it does matchmaking and get epic, epic gear. So, you know, maybe, maybe they know that this is the way forward anyway. Anyhow, yes, very insightful commenting. Thank you. Unfortunately, the new COD Modern Warfare is out, so everyone's moved on, including me. Wait, have you bought COD? Yeah, I've bought COD, yeah. Wait, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I've bought COD. When did you buy COD? Have you got it on PC? Have you got it on PlayStation? I, I know it technically doesn't matter now, but I still want to know. PlayStation. I got it on the day it came out. <laughs> you got it? Wow, I did not know that. Yep. Good for you. We all made a point to turn off crossplay. So you wouldn't be able to play with me anyway, even if I did buy it, because I would buy it on PC. We would only play with you if we had to, but otherwise, you cheating scum, we have to get rid of you. <laughs> it's really probably for the best, because I am terrible at COD. I'm really embarrassingly bad at COD. Like, if I had voice chat on, people would be shouting, all right, grandpa, like, learn to aim. And I'd be like, what, 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 thumbsticks, what? And I'm just, like, walking into a wall or, yeah. You could just blame all the cheaters. You just blame all the cheaters. That's the benefit of being on PC. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. So, what are we playing next? So, the next book club game. We had a load of debate about what it should be, which I won't bore you with a recap of. We're going to do Untitled Goose Game. Because it's short and sweet. Or, no, it's short and a jerk simulator. So, it's about three hours long. And I can get it on Switch and play it when I'm back in the UK for Christmas. You can get it on the Epic Store and pay half as much. And given it's so short, maybe we'll have some time to do some game dev or something. I thought you were going to say enjoy Christmas. <laughs> well, that too. They're not mutually exclusive. So the next book club game is Untitled Goose Game. And we will talk about it in January. Mike, is your spirit animal a goose? <laughs> what are you trying to say? I don't know. You should know that my spirit animal is the shotgun. That noble <laughs> beast. <laughs> we were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.an.ting at lostlevels.club on Twitter at Lost Levels Club and Twitch and YouTube as 
Lost Levels Club. Sir Michael, what are you grateful for? I am grateful to finally be mostly over this cold. Is it a cold? You know what? I. Sorry, small story here. <laughs> People at work were like, you should go to a doctor. And I was like, oh, there's no point going to a doctor. They're just going to give me some painkillers or something. And then after being sick for like a week, I went to a doctor and the doctor was just like, mm, yes, you have bronchitis, but you should just get more bed rest. Here are some painkillers. And I was like, thanks a lot, man. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Thanks for nothing. You don't, you don't sound that grateful there. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm grateful that I'm well. I'm not grateful for the, <laughs> to the doctor. But I'm, gra- I'm grateful that I'm well again. Mostly well again. Is this not good That's enough? Not... Should I find something else to be grateful? I'm grateful for bulletproof coffee. <laughs> so Michael says bye. Bye-bye.